Hello, everyone. I don't have a good. I don't have a good intro this this time. Maybe I could have yelled "shove it," but that feels like a weird way to start a podcast. Because uh, every the other two episodes, I've tried to uh, open the show like the lead singer of the band that we're doing. But this time, it feels a little bit weird to just tell your listeners to shove it right from the start of the show. But just know that if you were someone who wanted that, just imagine I did it. Imagine I did a poor impression of Chino Moreno yelling shove it at you hello everyone this is episode three of the pod cast the podcast where where we just we do a deep dive on a new metal album once a month and of course when i say we i mean myself john cullen from blocked party and with me as always is my co-host a man who is never afraid to shove it it's brian quinby yeah, and I'm not afraid to go far. Uh, what? Uh, way? That sort of thing. There we go. Okay. Was that pretty good? That was I'm good. I'm trying to think of one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, most of the choruses on this. Most of the choruses. I love the acoustic version. Oh, of, of, of that song. Yeah. Oh, the one they play at the end of Bosch. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, well, yeah, you got real into the Bosch new metal drops. That's for sure. <laughs> Did you see it? No, I didn't watch. Have I didn't watch Bosch. Bosch. No, I didn't you don't watch. watch TV. Well, no, no, I'm not one of those guys. I hate Vancouver. I don't know if it's like this in Columbus, but Vancouver is very much a city where people love to tell you that they don't own a TV. That's like they just yeah. they can't wait to tell you that. Oh, I don't even. It's not only that I don't watch that show. I don't even own a TV, John. It's like, hey, guess what? I don't give a fuck. Is that supposed to be <laughs> is that supposed to be impressive to me that you don't own a TV? I don't give a shit. If you don't want to own a TV, that's up to you. But don't don't say it to me like me owning a TV is somehow like shitty behavior, you know? Yeah, like you're dumb because you have to look at the moving pictures instead. <laughs> Although, I'll say this. I've had a real issue lately, almost kind of feeling bad about this. But when people say they listen to a lot of audio books, I'm like, why don't you read the fucking thing? Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. See, and that is like, to me, an audio book is like, listen to a podcast. Like, like a podcast is going to be better than an audio book for me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand this. Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to have a book read to me. Also, that would make me fall asleep. I think like I know people that like commute to their job and they'll just like listen to an audio book on their way to work. Like I'd be I, I that would be dangerous for me. I think it's I, see, I get I. Get, uh, OK, so there's a certain type of person in this world that feels like like and, and you see it a lot on the Internet. Oh, uh. I need to read all the books. Like I need to consume as much of the books as possible. This is the same with podcasts and it's going to be the same with TV soon when Netflix switches it. It's like people who listen to podcasts on like two times speed. It's like, why would you do that? Just listen to it on normal speed. And if you miss one, don't fucking worry about it. The world's not going to end. <laughs> and I think the audio, a lot of, I, I, you know, I'm sure there are extenuating circumstances where an audio book makes sense. Like if, if like you can't see or something like that, like I, I get all of that stuff. I'm just saying it feels like you're just trying to be like, I read all the books of all the books that are out, all the George Orwell's and all the Ernest Hemingway's and everything. I've read it all. Every single thing. And I'm, for me, it's like, hey, you know, 
I've read some books. <laughs> yeah, you've read the ones you have to, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I read a book. I do read books, but like I'm sh- I get ashamed about it because I like if I told somebody, "Hey, I just cracked a new book." If I told them when I finished it, I would be embarrassed cuz it takes me like <laughs> 6 months. Yeah, no, that's fair. I like cuz I'm an English major and an English teacher. So I mean, I read I read a lot, but even then, I I've never I think we got we we somehow like got past a point where like reading books was a thing to brag about. Like I feel like no, like that's is definitely something no one cares about anymore. Like it used to be like, oh, I'm I'm so learned. I've read so many books, you know, whatever. And now I feel it's people are just like, I don't care about that. What's a book? Talk to people. I'm I'm sorry. People really care mostly about what albums you've listened to. What cool fucking awesome albums you've listened to. (laughs) That's exactly right. And you know, you and me (laughs) have only listened to extremely cool albums. Uh, I've never listened to a bad one before. Me neither. And uh, and the album that we're tackling this month uh, is certainly no exception uh, for episode three. So we've kind of hit on two of the pillars of new metal so far with Limp Bizkit and Korn. And I think a lot of people would say that this is sort of the the third band in the sort of, you know, if you had a, a holy trinity of new metal bands, this band would be considered the third pillar of the trinity. And I would argue they're the holy spirit of the three, uh, and that is the Deftones. And we will be reviewing their 1997 album, Around the Fur, today. And uh, do you agree? Do you agree with my assessment that the Deftones are the Holy Spirit? So I have a hot take incoming. Okay, and this is a new one. Oh. Okay, and a, a new I'm hot show take, you, not an old right, hot take. Right, and I'm also going to show you how altruistic I am. Okay, oh, okay, good. Like I'm a great human. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is that what altruistic means? I think something like that. How <laughs> how great I am, yeah, right? How kind you are. Yeah, yeah, you're a kind. Good how kind? Yeah. How understanding? One of those things, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just emailed Jonathan Davis's publicist, and he turned me down for an interview. But after listening to the Nothing and re-listening to the first album, and then kind of having a little time with issues. Actually, I think Corn is the best band out of them, but it it goes Corn, Deftones, then Limp Biscuit. Really, you're but putting Corn above Deftones. That has that is a very recent thing. That's why I said it's a new. It's not an old. Mm. Like so, and up until a up until the Nothing came out, I think I might have put the Deftones first for sure. Okay, and it's also like. If you put the Deftones first, people are like, all right, this guy's kind of an idiot, but he has the, like, right first taste. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, like, <clears throat> so what What has led you to put Corn ahead of Deftones? Because I would say my argument for putting Deftones ahead of Corn is that the Deftones have never released a bad album. And and Korn have released several. Now, they have released more than Deftones. I think Deftones have released eight and Korn have released 13, I believe. But still, I don't think the Deftones have released a bad album. And Korn, I mean, come on. They had that whole album with Skrillex, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. Korn have done some bad albums, but their, their highs are very high. You know, fucking this new thing, the nothing, that... That album is, 
That's probably one of my favorite new metal albums at this point. Really? Like it, it kicks ass. I'm still listening to it. Not like constantly, but I'm still like every once in a while I'll pop it in. You know, it's a good, like, it's a good listen for sure. And Gordon, yeah, and it's Corn has it's some heavy. good albums. I, I was I, I read I was doing some research today, Brian. And I read an article that was ranking the corn albums and uh, they put Life is Peachy ninth. And I was like, okay, well, we're just what are we why are we even ranking them? You know? Well, these youngsters out here I mean, and, what and is this? John, I may consider you a youngster too. <laughs> these youngsters out here they'll put some crazy album at number one when it's true it's the first album is number one that's the best corn album yeah they had uh, they had follow the leader at number one ah and then they had, <laughs> and then they had self-titled at number two and then they had uh then they had issues at number three okay and they I had like but then they had see you on the other side at four what and then they had, I believe, uh, Untouchables at five. Then a couple of the other new ones. No, sorry, they had the Nothing at four. And then they had Untouch- well, hey. And then they had Untouchables at five. Life is Peachy at nine, though. Life is Peachy for me might be number two. Well, here's I'll give you mine. Okay, now mm-hmm. now I got to give you. I have to yeah. give you this list. Give me yours. On a fucking Deftones episode. I, I got to okay. give you this list. On the Limp Biscuit episode, we talked a lot about corn. There's a lot of crossover here, so I think you're okay. There is. Uh, so for for corn, I think the order currently, and I'm not going to name all the albums. I'm yeah. going to name all the ones I like. Yes. Um, corn self titled number one. Okay. Absolutely. Number two issues wait wait no number two the nothing really number three number two issues. the nothing that, that is a hot take that's the hottest it, take you've ever had on this show it fucking rules it that album hits every you know what it does it hits every single like metal sensor in my brain it has corn sounding stuff it has oh, on a corn, on a corn album stuff. there's corn sounding stuff Right, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that like I'm saying basically it feels kind of like a Pantera album, which was a band that I really liked, but with corn in it. Right. And I, I like I love I just love it. I think it's like legitimately really good. I, I I hope it wins an award. I think they deserve it. <laughs> the Grammy. Even though they blew me off for an interview. Yeah, what the fuck's and up I with that? And I paid hundred and four dollars for floor tickets to their concert. Well, that's okay. That's a lot for a for a corn concert. That's right. not fair. They're not like I mean that's like a legacy band price. But like, what is Corn's legacy? I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're getting talked about on a podcast by two idiots uh, who who get together late at night once a month and uh, share their secret shame with the internet. My guess is that the publicist checked my Twitter and saw me how I repeatedly post the picture of Jonathan Davis holding our pickle Rick Funko pop. <laughs> <laughs> that might've been it. I was reading some corn stuff today. Like I said, and someone was taught, it was actually, um, Oh, who was talking about it? I think it might've been, no, it couldn't have been someone from the Deftones cause they like corn, but it was someone that was like, it was like a metal band. They were talking about how Jonathan Davis they were playing this festival and Jonathan Davis was on the festival 
playing solo and he like brought a throne on stage and he sat in the throne and sang all the songs while sitting in the throne. And they were like, yeah, and it was a European festival. So he like paid to like bring this throne, like across the Atlantic ocean (laughs) to just, (laughs) to just sit on this throne and play solo shit. And like, they were framing this, like this was bad. And I was like, this sounds incredible to me. (laughs) Like this sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. We have some stuff coming up later on in the show that is like gonna that might go against whether Deftones likes corn or not. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, okay, they're snobs. That okay. I'll start it out. I'll start out talking Deftones. Uh, they're snobs. The, they are. Uh, um, they got into. It's odd because I can't imagine doing this, but you find yourself in an audience. It, it it like you find yourself with an audience that you didn't want. Yes. But like what kind of an audience do you think they expected to have? Uh well yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, I think especially I think especially with Adrenaline, right? Like I mean, Adrenaline is definitely a new metal album. I mean, there's no question about it. I think around the fur you could make the case that they're starting to sort of move away from new metal, but there's still a lot of new metal elements in it. And they're also from California, like all the best new metal bands. And uh well, I mean, obviously Limp Bizkit's from Florida, but I think you got to live on the ocean to be a good new metal band, maybe. I don't know. But uh Ooh, this- I don't have ever heard of Mushroom Head. <laughs> yeah did, did they not cleveland did, oh, okay okay they're cleveland. cleveland all right yeah and slipknot is this, from yeah, iowa des moines yes that's true but des moines like on a lake isn't it close enough you got to be near I water don't no, i don't know either i went there i actually went there and did a live show and i do not remember <laughs> i know there's eight buildings that a train runs right through the middle of town of course that everyone's just trying to leave that's it yeah. this is like hey it's every day you live there you're reminded of the fact that you probably should leave. Uh, so yeah. we'll we'll run over some facts. So we are, as we said, uh, reviewing Around the Fur, which was released on October 28th, 1997. Came out on Maverick Records. No word on if Deftones were offered nudes of Madonna to sign with the label like Rancid were. But you can only assume that those are on the table. Uh, the album was certified gold two years later in June 1999. And was finally certified platinum in 2011. So it only took uh, 14 years, but they got there to the platinum, uh, the platinum place. I don't know what you call it. They got a cool, shiny record in a picture frame. Uh, The album peaked on the Billboard 200 at number 29, which is not bad for this. You know, new metal is still figuring its way. This is still pre follow the leader. And uh, they uh, stayed on the Billboard 200 for 17 weeks. So pretty good. So I, uh, this album is crazy to me because like there, this, this was, uh, I, I, had, I had only been really listening to corn. I, I talked about this on, uh, the first episode, but for probably like the first year, year and a half, I was listening to new metal. The only, the new metal just meant corn. It was one band, one album over and over and over again. I didn't listen to anything else. Not even like the old rap music I liked before. Like I basically threw those CDs away. (laughs) I didn't throw them away, but I didn't use them. So (laughs) like, (laughs) just like all the CDs I have in my parents crawl space still. 
that I, that I, can, yeah, that I we, can't bring so, myself to throw away, but I have them. <laughs> so we had a, uh, we, what we, we had a, um, computer. My parents did. And we had, I like that uh, you temporarily forgot the word for computer just then for a second. For a I'm second, a little wasted. <laughs> I mean, you know, I took some Xanax. I fucking took some Kratom. I'm smoking weed. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing this all week, like you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we had a computer, right, with a uh, with a dial up modem on it, and it was a piece of shit. And uh, we had heard the Deftones. I think we were reading it in like a Kerrang or okay, some yeah, shit. Classic. Yeah, or, or Circus. Yeah, th- that uh, Deftones had posted up. Uh, posted something on their site it might have even been me just dicking around in the deftones chat room on sure, AOL. it could have been deftones world the prp you know yeah I mean, the prp yeah. john are we fellow prp boys because i read that every morning oh, baby you had to be on the prp right and uh, i read it revolver i read it every morning on the way to work oh baby yeah i was a big prp guy i loved all the blank world sites like there's like corn world deftones world or no web sorry it was like corn web biscuit web deftones web like it was all owned by the same people and then they just had like a site and they all had message boards i mean those are just great i mean those are great times man and revolver magazine was the one i always used to read that was the that was the piece of shit I I got. That was always like corn. It was like it was like the new metal equivalent of Tiger Beat because like corn would be on the cover like every other month. <laughs> like they was it Revolver like Maxim? Like no, that, didn't that Revolver was, have a real Maxim vibe? Yeah, kind of. I mean, Maxim also had their music magazine Blender, which oh, was like I read a lot of Blender. Yeah. See, John, I I know you're a teacher. I know you know a lot about English, but I was also very intelligent. And I read a lot of <laughs> I read a lot of Spin magazine yeah, sure. back we, in my day, we, which is the intelligent person's magazine. We, we read a lot of magazines that ended in er. There was a lot of Blender, Revolver, <laughs> Mod, Modern it's, Drummer. I used to read Modern Drummer all the time. I was a drummer. Uh, you are a drummer. That yes. is true. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would read a, a, a drumming magazine. I, on the other hand, bought a guitar world. If it had a band I liked on it and I had, I can play bomb track. That's the only <laughs> song I can play guitar. They, so. they didn't have a magazine for uh, guys learning to scat. And no. at that time, there was <laughs> no should, scat you know world what, magazine. Why? Why don't they have Vocal World? Yeah. Why isn't there a magazine about because you can't sell you can't sell fucking people equipment is the reason. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, oh, you can just sing anytime. You could do it in your car. You can do it in the shower. There's nothing. Yeah. There, you're right. There's nothing to sell. That's a great point, and I never thought about that. But that's a genius way of looking at it. So what? So you have the anti-capitalist guy on the show. You know, I I, I have some brains. I I never said you didn't have brains. No, I'm kidding. But so anyway, (laughs) this computer was a dial-up internet. We were on one of these sites, and it said Deftones has released 30 seconds of their new song. Uh, or, or like clips of some of their new songs that are going to be on their next album called Around the Fur. Okay. And uh, I was like, uh, oh, shit, I got to hear this. So we fucking dialed up to the Internet and me and five other dudes 
gathered around a computer to listen to probably 15 seconds of lotion. And we're like, this is going to be the best album ever made. (laughs) As opposed to uh, getting around a computer with five of your buddies and watching porn and then reaching for the lotion. (laughs) Yes. Very, very different experience like that. I would say that is the one experience that I had that I know like every other man my age had that was very normal was like you, a guy would, you'd have a computer, you'd be at your buddy's house and you'd look up porn and you'd just like watch porn together and young, you tell young kids that like Daniel's probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. But that was very normal to do. Everybody did that. We were just like, holy shit. You can just get this off of a computer. What the fuck? But Daniel, he doesn't, he's never seen, he's never seen porn that isn't moving, Brian. I mean, that's how young he is. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just One time I I was watching porno with all my friends at my neighbor's house across the street. We're all just kind of chilling out, watching porno. As you do. And uh, Daniel's looking at me like I'm a, like I'm a sick freak. But I started to lose my shit. I start. I, I started. My brain just started firing way too hard. So I, I was like, "Hey guys, I run home and take a shit." And like they didn't believe me, obviously. And I didn't have to take a shit, but I tried to get out of it. But those motherfuckers were like, "You went over there and jerked off." And it's like, no. But I had to say no. But I, I was also thinking like, "Yeah, but I'm the only guy sitting here without a fucking boner, so eat it, guys." <laughs> You're ahead of the curve. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm a genius guy. I come up with all kinds of plans, like saying I got to run and take a shit when it comes to watching pornography. But yeah, uh, we yeah we like kind of gathered around that thing. And it was like the whole rest of the day. My friends would be like, can we go back in your house and listen to that again? And it was maybe 30 seconds of it but we had become these huge deftones fans because they toured here on adrenaline and we got to see them in concert and they were fucking crazy that band is fucking crazy live yeah and they they just if you see them in concert you become a fan there's no way to not become a fan of uh deftones live totally yeah i've seen them i think five times and uh yeah they're amazing for sure i was there they uh my one piece of like crazy personal history with the deftones is that they they love vancouver like they've always loved it because they're big weed guys and so they like every tour they would play multiple shows here often they would try and like be here for a few days because they like it so much so one year i believe it was when they were touring i want to say it would have been like saturday night wrist maybe around that time and uh they uh, they came up and they were doing four shows in Vancouver and that was the tour where they were letting fans pick their set list. So oh, you could like vote on the songs and then they would play those songs. And then they, they were like, we're going to play songs from the new album. So you can't vote on those. Like that's in the set, but then everything else will let you vote and they would put it up on their blog on their website and you could just click a poll and vote for songs. But the one night I had tickets to, they're like, yeah, we're not doing, uh, we're not doing a fan selected set list. We're, we've got a surprise for you. And I remember that their like tour manager or whatever, 
uh, what set it wouldn't have been Twitter because I don't think Twitter was around then. Definitely wasn't around then. I'm trying to think of where he would have posted, but I remember seeing him be like, I think it was just on the blog. They said, we got a surprise for you. And then he followed it up by saying like, I can't believe what Deftones are about to do tonight. Like Vancouver's in for a real treat. And then they played adrenaline cover to cover and around the fur cover to cover in the same show. God damn, you you got to see all the songs. All the songs. And then they and then they did an encore and they just played Change as the encore and then that was the whole show. It was incredible. So Fuck. Yeah. I can't that's a long fuck. Their songs aren't short. No, they're was, not like punk songs. It was a long you know? show. I mean they cut out the like 30 minutes of silence that's in MX, but uh but yeah, it was a long <laughs> it was a long show. But yeah, my my history with the Deftones is a little different like that's what I love about doing the show with you cuz you were like living in the moment and for me, Deftones were especially a band that I came to a lot later. I was really into Corn and Limp Biscuit when I was in high school just because that was so accessible. Like it was always on much music. It was even getting played on the radio. So it was easy to find. Whereas Deftones were never really like that kind of band. And I remember I had started to sort of, I met a guy who became like my best friend and he was really into Deftones. And so he was like, oh, you like Corn and Limp Biscuit? You'll probably like, and I was starting to get more into like Screamo and stuff. And he was like, you'll probably like this band Deftones. <clears throat> pardon me and then he showed me white pony like i mean this has got to be 2002 probably 2003 so it's like it was before deftones self-titled even came out that was like the first deftones album i can remember getting on release day and then yeah he was like you got to go back and check out this deftones band and then yeah i heard white pony and i was like holy shit like this is incredible and I think it was like Deftones are definitely like a gateway band for a lot of like different things. Like I think if you're into new metal, Deftones is like the band you listen to as like a step down maybe into like indie or into Radiohead or like whatever. And so, yeah, I remember hearing White Pony, loved it. Then I went back and listened to everything and I, I loved it all. But I think through all of that, like White Pony is my favorite Deftones album, I think. But like Around the Fur is, is so close for me. It's It's like right there. Yeah, it well what happened with me was like I I don't know why I I I don't know what grabbed me about adrenaline. I was actually talking to Brett the other night about this and he was he was saying that adrenaline grabbed him before anything else. Period. Any of the metal stuff cuz he was like a punk kid and a skater kid. Right. And I think that like that that album works works pretty well for skating and stuff like that it like has that aesthetic which was not something i had i had more there's like like uh there's new metal fans that are like skaters and like cool dudes and then there's new metal fans that are like redneck godsmack guys and i <laughs> lean more toward red redneck godsmack guy than i do skateboarder you know yeah <laughs> so like uh for me it was like for me, it was it was just at the time you would sit and anticipate these albums like like you just when is this whenever it comes out and then you get a release date, then you would get an album cover and every little bit of news, you know, I, I printed the album cover and brought it outside to show my friends <laughs> while we we're all hanging outside like, oh, my God, can you believe this album cover? It's this woman, which is like an extraordinarily horny album cover, which. Yes, I. 
I don't think I've ever gotten an explanation. I've, I've never read an explanation for why it had to be so horny. I think, well, I was reading about it today. So obviously we always talk about the album art before we talk about the album. So we, that's a perfect segue. I was reading about it today and they basically like Chino essentially says like, I hate, I hate the album cover. I wish we never did it. Like it was really stupid. They're sort of, their sort of justification for it was just simply that, uh, <clears throat> they were just sort of like getting into like sort of the party lifestyle. They were attending like a lot of parties. This photo was taken at a party that the Deftones were at. I actually read an interview where they said, so the album cover, obviously on the front, you see the top half of this woman, basically like her torso and up. And obviously she's in a bikini and she's wet. Um, and cause she's in a hot tub, which you see, if you flip the album over the back cover is her like bottom half inside the hot tub. And they said that, uh, Frank Delgado, the end up, who ended up being the DJ was in the hot tub beside her legs and they had to Photoshop him out of the picture. Cause they were like, yeah, we all had wives and shit. Like we didn't want them to be like, Oh, Hey, are they just like partying with hot girls in hot tubs all the time? And so <laughs> they had to actually Photoshop him out, which like in 1997 was probably like really difficult to do. It's called, it was called rotoscoping back then. <laughs> yeah. So they rotoscoped Frank out of this out of the picture with this woman's legs um, but yeah they just basically it seemed like they just sort of thought like oh this is kind of like a cool picture that sort of represents like kind of what like because this album itself is also pretty horny which we'll probably get into but like it's it's horny and it's but they felt like it was sort of a reflection of kind of like what was going on in their lives at the time it seemed like it was like kind of like a party vibe for them which i which granted is not a great explanation (laughs) no and and like it 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 paints the whole album for sure it like makes it feel like you're listening to a sex album every single minute that you're listening to it and that like you got this horny cover the album's called around the fur and i generally i i know me and my friends I gotta look at how old I was, but like I know we thought it was basically it was about pussy. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Chino does reference, I believe, his wife's pussy in MX. Well, so I was gonna bring that up when we okay. talk about MX because there is an interesting, like, it's interesting. Okay, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> of get that there. Pussy part, but yes, yeah, certainly. <laughs> like, I mean, you definitely you look at the album cover, then you turn it over. The second song on the album is called Labia. The first song is called. <laughs> shove it you're like okay we could be i kind of know what we're talking about here i didn't know what a labia was at the time at all either definitely not i just thought it was a cool like there was a lot of times with deftones where it was like chino is not a guy that writes stories with his songs he's a guy that like is more of a poet type where he just likes words together he for sure he just likes how they sound together because I, I can't make fucking any sense of any of their songs. And um, so I thought it just meant like I actually pronounced it as Labia for a very long time <laughs> and was just like, must be a word he made up. Maybe it's an ex-girlfriend. I don't know, which would be funny <laughs> if it turned up being some woman named Labia that he knew. <laughs> no, her name was Labia. You were pronouncing it correctly the whole time. <laughs> 
<laughs> she just had to yeah. correct people her entire life. Uh, it's actually pronounced labia. Uh, don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, with when you throw the H in the word, it does look like you would say it labia potentially. But yeah, it definitely, I remember thinking like, <clears throat> I mean, I was older. Like I said, when I discovered this album, I was probably 18, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. But I still think there, there was something to the cover where it was almost like when I was like really young, I remember thinking like, I remember getting my first like mad magazine and thinking like, this is so risque. Like I, I, I remember I bought it at a garage sale from like my neighbor. And then I felt like I had to hide it in my bedroom. Like it was like a nudie magazine. Cause I, cause there was like, yeah, it kind of had like some swears in it and some like sort of controversial cause it was an older mat. It was like early nineties. So there was like drawings of boobs in it and stuff. And so I remember thinking like, Ooh, this is, I shouldn't have this. I got to hide this, but that's, <laughs> that's what made it fun though. Right? Like there was like that kind of risque element. And I feel like with this album cover, there is something to that. It's like, it's this weird sort of like, Ooh, not only do I like this music, but like this album cover is kind of horny. And I think like, that's, I like that. Yeah. I, I think I was a, I graduated before this album came out. I had had sex already a few times in my Damn. life and I still didn't know what a labia was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not like you're, you know, it, it's not a common word that's used in the sex arena for no i used all the i used grosser words actually <laughs> was my kind of thing um yeah like you just start thinking about how the album is is most i never took shove it as being about i guess we can just go through the yeah. the tracks on the album yeah. really yep um so shove it my own summer is like the first song you hear and that guitar riff fucking kicks ass and him screaming is so cool. Like it, 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 it is the song that separates that album from adrenaline. Adrenaline has a tinny sound yes. a little bit. Adrenaline it's, it doesn't sound tinny. great. Oh, but it's the, it's so good. For I sure. rank the Deftones albums right now for oh, you. Oh, Deftones albums. I, like. I would be fine to rank all the Deftones albums because I'm a yeah. fan of all eight of them. So I feel like I could rank them all. God, I, you know what's funny is like, so I went to a gorilla. Sh they did these things called gorilla shows where they went around the country and they announced a, a show and then tickets went on sale the day before. And then you go to the concert, you, you know, you could go to the concert and you can only buy the tickets at the venue, which is, I think a incredibly brave thing to do no matter who you are. You know, but they were these really small club shows and I, and this was when self-titled Deftones came out and I drove up to Cleveland to get the tickets one morning and then the next day drove up there for the concert and it was just this like really fucking incredible experience. But then after that, I didn't buy another album. Like, I just never, I never listened to another album. Everybody keeps telling me to listen to them, but for some reason I just like... I, I I feel like you have to be in a mind space for this band. I, there was a time in my life where this could be played at any time. Sure. And I would be excited and happy to listen to it. But now I have a more eclectic taste in music. Like, I like country music. I like rap music. I like 
um, the other kinds of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the other kinds. Yeah. Punk. I like a lot of oh, punk yeah, yeah, now, yeah. which was something I hated back then. Like, I hated punk music back then. Right. You know, I would Against Me was happening in 2001, uh, the reinventing of Axl Rose, and I've been listening to that album, like, recently, and it's like, why wasn't I fucking listening to this? Why was I dicking around at Limp Bizkit concerts when this was playing? <laughs> oh, for sure. I feel that way about a lot of a lot of those, like, classic albums where I'm like, oh, yeah, I was going to Warp Tour when, like, this really cool shit was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, like, listen, like, listening to bands that had names like Yesterday's Rising <laughs> that had, like, four songs and we're on the warp to our main stage somehow just going to see Soulfly, which is like really i mean look max cavalera all the respect in the world uh Soulfly, not a good band no no they were not <laughs> might be a good band to cover on here though yes. I, I will say that oh the first Soulfly album is worth looking at you know oh yeah um, for sure especially like with all the like fallout from uh sepultura and then also like what head up is about which we'll get to and all that like it's definitely got a good it's got a good story to it yeah and and so um the neck that that my own summer i just love it and the video is one of the better rock videos which you know mo uh, i i guess you were very inspired by the corn videos i, I think the yeah. deftones i think that that my own summer video is one of the the best new metal videos that were made it made them so it made them seem more serious than the other they were that's the one where they're kind of like in water right or they're like and they're sharks they're like right. standing on top of shark tanks right in the water gotcha yeah yeah no for sure i it, like i said all that stuff kind of passed me by like i didn't really know a lot about the i remember the change video a lot uh with like chino alone at like the the kind of creepy party or whatever and i remember like i didn't like deftones then like i change was the only song i knew by them and i was like oh, this is okay but i don't love it you know and then, and then i well i came to it later is what i'm saying like at first i i was like Thank i don't God. think i like the deftones and then once my buddy like showed me some other songs i was like oh i actually love I love the Deftones. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the this album, we've talked about production a lot on the on the show, but I do think the production on this album, again, it's it stands out still. You listen to it and you're like, this sounds good, you know? Like it just pops, like really pops out of the speakers. And you could tell that, pardon me, Deftones are really trying to like place themselves as something different from what new metal was offering like at that time like you could tell that they are really going for really trying to do something different like adrenaline you could make the case even though i do think it's also different from other new metal you could easily make the case that it fits in with all of that stuff you know it was very like riff heavy like we said gr very gritty production there was some melodic elements but it was a lot more new metal whereas like this one it, they're making it clear Hey, like we're doing something a little bit different and you're going to like get into it, you know? Yeah. It makes me wonder, like it, it has to suck to be those guys and, and then not want to go on tour with any of the other guys either was like, I mean, I think people see Deftones as not a new metal band at this point. Yes. And, and, and I think they see them that way because they get very like uh, I think they see them that way because they get nervous that they might accidentally like new metal 
That's exactly right. <laughs> it's all it is. But my own summer was so good because it was one of the it has one of those stops in the song where the the whole thing just stops and it goes into an incredibly heavy part yeah. which when you mosh that is fucking awesome. No question. <laughs> well, and, and Abe, um, Abe was always so good at, uh, you know, as a drummer, I always like pay more attention to the drums than anything. But Abe was always so good at giving you the like little indicator that the shit was about to drop. So like in my own summer, when everything cuts out there for like four bars and then Abe just does that little like, and then it's like, shove it, yeah. shove it, you know, but you can hear just that little imperceptible just, and then you're like oh fuck yeah like i'm ready to go like this is so good and he was so good at doing that stuff and it's uh, also it's also less specific than corn you know where it's like i can yell shove it at anybody right (laughs) it's not like something i have to just yell at my parents it's just like if i'm pissed shove it is a perfect thing to yell at somebody oh no question yeah like corn this would have been called like uh you know it would have been like shove it stepmom or whatever you know it would have been so (laughs) so specific shove it younger sister that is annoying me right now yeah no i think that's true and i think like what you said earlier about chino's lyrics in general i think there there are like a lot of ways you can take them and i always felt like and this got especially more true on white pony and their further albums after but it's almost like deftones kind of had this sort of like like darkness to them that i really liked like it, it not not dark in a corn way um like a personal darkness or whatever almost dark in like uh like a horror movie kind of way like deftones always kind of had that sort of like creepy slinky kind of feel to me some of the songs you listen to and just the way that they're produced in chino's lyrics you're like you know it's it's like ooh, it's just good <laughs> I, yeah i think i saw it as, as as like poetry but a weird thing about it's not a weird thing i try to figure out what every song's about i'm a 40 year old man <laughs> and uh i should know i'm a 40 year old man that was an english major for a semester but then decided to go to sociology but has written a lot and done a lot and uh i should know that sometimes songs aren't about anything they're just cool words but uh, I remember being a kid and being like, I, I got to know what he means when he says, I think God is moving its tongue. And it's like, <laughs> probably nothing, like absolutely nothing. He just thought those were neat words to say together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're trying to uh, figure out the deep meaning of a song called Die the Flu. Uh, my favorite song on the album but oh. i've spoiled it i'm sorry no that's okay because it's very funny that you would say that and this is why we're you know this is why we're gonna be brothers forever but we i remember specifically when self-titled came out on my blog at the time my live journal hey get into it uh i ranked every deftone song and uh die the flu was number one yeah yeah it is my favorite so uh i love it and uh and be quiet and drive is all of course so good i mean i that's brett said he hated deftones one time like we were just having a conversation while you know when you're touring you sit in a car and you fucking talk the whole time we're having this conversation he was like ah you know man i get i I can get behind corn i can get behind limp biscuit i can get behind you know all these other guys because because we'll listen to 
weird shit on the road. Unfortunately, this time it's sports talk radio, but (laughs) 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 he'll live. Okay. Maybe Brett will like Don Cherry. You never fucking know. I mean, I, I don't. I just don't see it, Brian. But hey, you never, you never know. <laughs> but but uh, he said like, I don't know if I really like him. And then I played "Be Quiet and Drive" for him, and he was like, "This is so good. Like, it's one of "Be Quiet and Drive" is a rare song where like the first time you hear it, you you love it because I don't. I'm not a guy that falls in love with things quickly it takes repetition and it kind of takes me like finding out what it is i like about it uh i'm a guy that like i see concerts and the opening acts never really grab me i i like just can't get into it if i've never heard of the band i stand there and watch it and i'm like oh okay you know whatever i just stood and watched like with seventy-five thousand people i stood and watched lizzo and I said, ah, these people seem to be enjoying it. And like, got <laughs> nothing out of it. You know? <laughs> it was like the most people I'd ever seen gather to watch one artist in my entire life. And they were all going fucking absolutely ape shit. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I guess this is fun. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're just... It's- you're only getting joy from the fact that other people are expressing joy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how my most of my life works. I did. <laughs> uh, I will say this at ACL. I did get a, a lot of joy when I saw Guns N' Roses perform live. That was incredible to me. I'm glad I got to see it before I die. I'm happy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I took my dad to see Guns N' Roses and that was uh, it was a great move. They, it was, was uh, it, it Slash was, there? Yeah, it was awesome. It was on their uh, like their once in a lifetime tour or whatever. The one that they're still doing like three years later. Yeah, it was awesome. We yeah. we, we really we, we had the best time. I love how they uh, give Axel Rose like a lot of breaks up there, you know, because he's an <laughs> older gentleman. Hey, let's add a seven minute guitar solo to uh, Rocket Queen. Hey, let's let Duff McKagan sing a song. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's what I was. I was hoping for that before I got. I was like, if Duff doesn't sing a song, this is going to be ruined for me. <laughs> like, are, are they are they playing a song from Slash's Snake Pit? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I used to get so mad every not, every time they announced Slash's Snake Pit. I felt like it was taking away a gig from like a band I would like. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who was that band for aside from no one? No one I nobody li- saw Slash's Snake Pit. No. No one listened to them. No one liked it. Good name though, Slash's Snake Pit. I mean, sound, if, sounds dangerous. If you're listening if you're listening to the POD cast and you were a Slash's Snake Pit fan, please the P O D what, what is it? P O D underscore cast K A S T at twitter.com. Uh, very curious to hear your slash snake pit <laughs> opinions. I, I am at least. Oh, I um, am. I am too. Send them in, please. It's like one of those bands where like you, you're like, does one person like them? You know? Yes, for I, sure. I, Cause who, I who saw, is it for? Like, who's it for? Who was like, I, I am so devastated Guns N' Roses broke up. I really wonder what their guitar player is going to do now. 
like with a new lead singer and a new drummer. Yeah, and like it's, it's like it's one thing if if it's like John Frusciante and he's like a visionary genius and you and he's say, and he's a great singing voice and like you can understand. Or if it's Eric Clapton, fuck, like you know you can you can be like okay, I get why this guy's going solo, but Slash. Slash, the guy with the top hat. That's the guy that we're, that's the guy we've decided. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, there's so many vans where I just want to be like, I would love to just sit down and talk to one of their fans. Like, yeah. uh, uh, Jackal is one of okay, them too. Yeah. yeah. Rock me, roll me, Jackal me off. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went to a concert one time at the local at the Newport Music Hall. It's like one of the longest running nightclubs and the and the rock concert clubs in the country and stuff. It's it's got a shitload of history at it. And uh, I don't know why, but I was talking to one of the security guards, and we were seeing corn. And I'm like talking to this guy. I was like, "Buddy, I'll bet you this is the rowdiest concert you get all year." And he was like, "No, Jackal is." And I was like, "Really? I need to go to a Jackal concert." <laughs> I guess we all we all need to go to a Jackal concert. Yeah, we should go see a Jackal concert yeah. just as a project. Yeah, it so sounds then, good to me. Ja- what's uh, you got? Shocktober. We uh, we'll get Jackaluary. Oh, see, the thing is, my music one. Uh, uh, let me tell you, the bummer of my life is that I did decide to do a music deep dive. I gave three choices, and there was one that I really wanted to win, and it did not win. And the three choices were Chicken Foot, Megadeth, and Kid Rock. And they fucking picked Kid Rock instead yeah. of Chicken Foot. And I was so furious about it. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to Kid Rock on this program. <laughs> Devil Without a Cause probably needs a review from the POD cast, boys. But what? Well, I mean, the the the, the uh, thing I'm doing is going to be different from a, a review. Yeah. Like, it's going to be... Like, basically, the idea is like, like it's about a different era of Kid Rock's career. But, like around the names of the albums but like chicken foot is the funniest band in the world and (laughs) my dad loves them and uh brett thinks i could get my dad on the podcast and he thinks it would be really funny because i talk so much shit about my dad on the podcast (laughs) i would love to hear your dad talk chicken foot personally <laughs> so lobby labia labia you know, yeah so cool this is song. this is what i'm gonna say okay i got a couple hot takes about the start of this album here so today we had an exchange on twitter where you said there's a song in this album you always skip and i don't recall ever skipping a song when i listened to it and i have to say for me today re-listening to the album labia i could skip it Ugh, that's a horrible point that yeah you just you're really messed there's an album on every deftones out there's actually a song on every deftones album i'd skip on white pony it's elite yeah elite is bad i always skip it on on self-titled it's lucky you yeah for sure elite is a fucking terrible it's a really bad song yeah, no, it, it is not Labia. I like Labia. I think it's a very cool sounding song. Then that's fair. Um, I, I, and you, so here's my second hot take. So I, I, cause I always think a lot of people compare Deftones to Radiohead. That gets the kind of like, you know, cause Radiohead's like the thinking man's indie and Deftones are like the thinking man's metal. So you kind of get this like Deftones are the Radiohead of new metal kind of thing. And so to me, Mascara is like, 
is there like everything in its right place. Like I can remember when I listened to kid a for the first time, cause obviously like, okay, computer had some like leanings towards like where they're going to end up on kid a, but no one obviously was expecting it to be as crazy as kid a. And then on kid a first song of the album, all you hear is just this like, and you're like, what is going on here? This isn't a guitar. I've never heard this song before. And it's like Radiohead, <laughs> Radiohead being like, yeah, this is what we do now. So fucking get into it. And for me, that's like mascara. Mascara is like the Deftones. They're like, yeah, we got the first song on the album. We just yell shove it a bunch of times, which is cool as shit. You're going to mosh to it. You're going to yell it at your stepdad happy birthday then labia's like chino screaming the whole time it's super aggressive abe's drumming killing it you're like oh this is everything i loved about adrenaline hell yeah i'm fucking pumped and then you just hear and it's like the slowest song ever and you're like oh okay and then deftones are like this is what we do now we're just giving you like a little preview this is where we're going. And then that obviously happened later on with white pony and everything. John, I got to tell you with, uh, with, uh, mascara, I've cried to that song <laughs> in my life. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I, I was pretty sure that song was about every single girlfriend that I ever had. <laughs> of course. Cause you married Even them though- all. It's too bad that they're married to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you know what though? Like even when I after I was with my wife, I've been with my wife for almost 20 years or for 20 years, I believe now. Oh, fairly certain 20 years. Uh I've been with my wife for 20 years. <laughs> it's okay, she's not going to listen to this. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. She <laughs> you know, she started listening to Street Fight and I was like, "Oh, jeez. I say some stuff about you on there, don't." <laughs> you know? But uh It's for the business, a- babe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what she does? She does book the concerts and stuff. And the better it goes for her, the clo- the better it goes for us, the closer she is to being able to quit her job. So <laughs> Hell yeah. Um she uh she so she I would think about that song. That song really like was one of those things that 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 made me think about the way I treated her even where it was like uh yeah, it is too bad you're married to me because I am a real fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> so I, I always like that song. I I don't know why, but I really like that line where he says, you have weak risks, re- wrists, but yes. I'll keep you. And I also think that like an album needs to ebb and flow for me because I don't like metal very much. But true heavy metal shit you know i don't i don't listen to like guar or or like lamb of god or you know these bands that are just like fucking all heavy all the time just constant non-stop noise yeah and and i really liked the fact that they went heavy for two songs just incredibly heavy and then slowed it down for a second and then go to around the fur which is another incredibly heavy song with the best drums ever in it yeah the drum part to that is like something i love especially when you're learning drums like when i was younger when you're learning drums having a cool drum part that you can also play pretty easily is just such a gift 
And like that beginning of around the fur is just, it's pretty easy to play. Like once you know how to like kick a bass drum effectively, it's real easy to play, but it sounds so cool. And just the like on the hi hat, it's just, it's beautiful, man. I love it. And uh, yeah, you're totally right. It's a great, uh, it's a great song. So then uh, around the fur, it's also about, you know, the ladies' private stuff. I'm <laughs> positive of that, you know. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. It's not as on the nose as labia, but it, but I mean, they're definitely. I think that's what they're indicating, Brian. I'm going to agree with you on that. I don't like it. I don't. I can't believe my favorite bands. My favorite album by my favorite band for a very long time was this horny because I am pretty class. Well, I was horny back then. I'm not going to lie. There was a time where I was always horny all the time. I'm just 40 now and I'm like, eh, let's keep the fucking dick and come talk, you know, somewhere else. <laughs> and then I bring it up on every podcast. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it's an interesting like, you know. <clears throat> pardon me they kind of slow it down with mascara but they give it back to you with around the fur and ricketts mm. and that's the song you don't like right i hate that song like i think that song sucks so there is not a single redeeming value to that song really? Chino doesn't sing at all in it no but he does say that he drinks too much and he does some other stuff too much yeah, I don't like that. I don't like the drum part. I don't like the singing part. It's so, uh, uh, it's annoying. It's like a really annoying song. I can't believe, I honestly, like, that's another, it's like Elite, even though, you know, it, me and you are actually wrong about Elite in that it won a Grammy, which maybe <laughs> makes us right. That makes us right. <laughs> but but like that song is just like it's difficult to listen to it's like bad for the ears and it really feels like they had a put damone there you know yeah the 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 hidden track on the album damone put that there that's a good song yeah ricketts put it at the end of the album because nobody will ever want to hear that song it's <laughs> bad the thing well see the thing like i understand i'm not saying ricketts is a great song but i do think <clears throat> there's something about the lead from ricketts into be quiet and drive that really works for me like i feel like there's just it's the way that the song is structured it's so heavy and the drums are so heavy that it makes that beginning like kind of serene guitar note on be quiet and drive it makes it pop even more for me I think. And I think that Be Quiet and Drive, Lotion, and Die the Flu is the best three song stretch on any Deftones album, I think. God, Lotion uh was, you know, obviously the first stuff I heard. And and you know it's odd when they did that when they actually did the lotion thing, when they released 30 seconds of lotion, they just like really released like a random part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, it was like a mid verse part of the song. Sure. And we're all like standing there trying to figure out what this is. And you're like, uh, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little nervous about this, but it kind of rocks, you know. At least we got to hear it. But once you got the whole thing together, I thought it was really good. I, I, I think, 
those three songs are really good but i i think die the flu is my favorite deftone song period i got i got a couple that would be in contention with it but uh i i just i i used to listen to i that it for skipping rickets i would get to die the flu and i would sometimes just hit back and listen to it again when it was done that's fair i mean yeah die the flu has so much good like it's such a good like quiet loud quiet loud song the drumming in that is incredible like the chorus part is i mean abe is such an underrated drummer he's so good and he really hits it there and I love it. I mean, I think, yeah, for me, it's one of their top songs. Absolutely. Like be quiet and drive for me has got to be the best song on this album, but die. The flu is, is right there for me. And then overall, I probably got to throw like board and Minerva and I don't know, digital bath. So that's probably my top five. I'll name my top five right now. Uh, it is, uh, teething. Oh, okay. I'm starting at five. Okay. Not teething is my least is my least out of my five. But then I I really like uh I I like huh, let me see here I I gotta look at some of the track lists because uh oh um root yeah roots great boy do I have a gross thing about that I mean like it's not something that I should tell but I would if. I if you think I should it is gross though it is I gotta tell you my root feeling my root story is bad so I mean I think (laughs) you can't say that and then the listeners will be horrified if you don't tell the story I feel all right here we go so like (laughs) back when uh I first started dating my wife uh, not first started, you know, we was together for a year or two. Whenever I did like oral, I had heard that you should hum while you're doing it. And I always hummed that opening guitar riff when I was, uh, doing oral pleasure to my wife. I just, it's funny for many reasons, uh, but the one that is getting me is like, it kind of makes sense for like, for giving oral cut. Like it's kind of got that sort of beat of like, like you could imagine humming the song while also like sticking your tongue out, you know, just yeah, yeah, like, well, we don't have to like do the other <laughs> mechanics, but uh, the hum, <laughs> That is incredible, and I will never listen to that song again. So thank you very much for that. (laughs) So I've done Teething, Root, uh, Fi Real, or For Real, at the end of Adrenaline, because I was at a concert one time, and during that song, before he says, No Fist to Fucking Save You From, where he goes into that, uh, a guy fucking hit me in the back of the neck, and I went blind for two minutes. And I just kind of stood there and just kept moshing until I got my eyesight back, which was neat. And I'll never forget it. And uh, the song fucking rocks. And then uh, two is probably uh, 
I'm trying to think of like what would because a lot of these are uh, oh off of uh, White Pony. I got I have to like kind of look at the albums to remember, but I have one off of White White Pony that I really love. And then number one is Die the Flu for sure. Oh, Digital Bath. Yeah, that was also in my top five for sure. Digital Bath is awesome. I mean, Digital Bath is such a great fucking song. (laughs) Knife Party, such a great song, but those aren't on this album. I, I just think I, I think like um, I think I think Die the Flu is just a good example. First of all, Die the Flu is the 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 the, the it's adrenaline and around the fur. It is and it's like the connective tissue between around the fur adrenaline and white pony. Right. You can hear all three of those albums in that one song. Yeah. I think there's like, there was an interesting, I was reading, you know, I always do some reading about the bands around this time uh, when we get ready to do the shows. And it was interesting because someone had written like a review of, uh, of around the fur and they were talking about how they're like, yeah, like Chino screams a lot on this album, but he also sings a lot on this album. And you have to assume that White Pony happened because the Deftones band members were like, shit, it sounds like really good when you sing. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and, but it does, and, but White Pony was a fight, though, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But I just think like Die the Flu for me, you could see that being a song where the band would sit around and go, okay, yeah, Chino needs to sing more and scream less, you know, because it's like, because he's really pushing himself on the chorus of the song and it just, it sounds so good and it fits so well with the, with the rhythm section. And I'm just thrilled you like it so much because it's always been one of my favorite Deftone songs. And I feel like people don't really talk about it when it comes to favorite songs. So it's, we're, we're continuing our trend of both. If whenever we do a top five, you and I always have two the same and three different. Yeah. Well, Die the Flu is so good. It's that's, so good. That's a crazy good song. I, I've always really liked it. The next song's Head Up. Uh, I like Head Up. I think it kicks ass and I can play it on guitar. I took guitar lessons for like three months at one point, but I was a roofer. So I missed most of my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did learn Head Up because it's very easy to play. Sure, yeah. and, and I enjoy it. And Max Cavalera is a king. Yeah. I believe to be a king. Fun song. And then you have MX where uh, Chino actually sings the lyric Pussy. Which is incredible, okay. which I wasn't ready now. for. I, I completely forgot about that part. And the fact that like the first the first verse, if you just read it, it's not good. I'm gonna be honest with you. You're so sweet, your smile, your pussy and your bones. You're on fire, you move me like music with your style. That's not the lyric. I, I'm gonna tell you something right now. First of all, you said there was a story about head up. For me? I thought you said there was oh, like just, a, oh, you're a story right, earlier. behind the making of oh, well, it. It was just and, that, and was uh, that Sepultura like broke up because Max Cavalera's stepson died in a car accident. And then so they recorded Head Up like shortly after that. And then he came up with the band name Soulfly from what uh, from Chino singing it in the song. I hope Chino gets a cut of that, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a little bit of cut, a of, cut that of that Soulfly of that, money yeah, of that Brazilian, <laughs> that Brazilian new metal money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, as far as MX goes, um, I'm gonna let it. I'm, I'm gonna. Okay, here's another one. I'm I'm trying to find it. So when I was a kid, I believed he was saying pussy. Like the whole idea was 
that I he he said your pussy and your bones, but in every lyric sheet I read at that time, and I was like always looking up lyrics because I needed lyrics. I needed to read all the lyrics. They replaced that word with magazine, so I had been in. I had been convinced that it wasn't pussy; it was magazine. But uh, you know, you can hear it clear as day. But then the whole time I was singing magazine and your <laughs> bones, which is that's silly. Yeah, you know, makes no sense. I don't know why it said, but it was like multiple sites that said it. That's that's what I think is odd about it. But uh, so he hates this song, huh? Chino hates this song. Hates MX. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. I mean, it's not like the best song. It's kind of the. It's okay. It's yeah. Like, it's kind of like Ricketts. It's it's a really generic, yeah, kind of Deftone song. It's just I kind of like, like it, the I do like the sort of call and response with the woman though. But that it, but it makes it feel very horny. Let you think. Yeah. Let you think about what about girls <laughs> and what else? And also, I didn't know that it was Abe's wife that is the woman in the song. So that's yeah. that's a fun little that's a fun little tidbit. Yeah. So, uh, Damone. Is the last song after fucking a so, bunch yeah, of silence. 30 minutes of God, silence. Remember when I gotta remember- wonder. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking about that the other day when I was listening to the album to do this. It's like, for why can't Spotify just cut the 30 minutes out and put it as a track? Yeah, I, I know. It makes no sense at this point. Like, hidden tracks are just such a weird phenomenon in general. Like, hey, if you put this CD on in your car... And and you just leave it on for ten minutes. Hey, do we have a gift for you? It's like just yeah. just play the fucking song. Like, what are we doing here? I I think and it's I it, as an as a person who does a sort of entertainment kind of thing. I think that like we get ideas in our head sometime where we think. Well, so I think we get ideas in our head where we think we can surprise people and they will be very super excited about it. And there's very little feedback about it, especially back then. It wasn't like people were posting about hidden tracks and stuff like that. And I think that was what the hidden track phenomenon is. It, it was that the band. So I have a philosophy on Street Fight that I like that show to go an hour 15. Like if we're doing a if we're doing a show for the a basement show, a regular show, I like it to go to an hour and 15 minutes because I feel like all we owe people is an hour. But if we give them 15 minutes, that's sort of a bonus. And it's not like really a lot of skin off my back. And I feel like Damone and uh, some of the other stuff is the same exact thing. We used to go to a pool hall that had the corn album on their jukebox and we would just go in and play daddy three times because it had that hidden track. So like no other music could play for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and it was awesome. actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Deftones did it on the first album too, right? Fist is, is a hidden track on the, on adrenaline too. They were just. God, why can't I remember Fist? Uh, I'm, I'm like having a lot of trouble remembering Fist now. I'm, but we're gonna cover Adrenaline some other day. Absolutely, so. and we'll talk Fist then. But yeah, so Damone, like I would say, for me, it's really. Um, 
I barely listened to it. I mean, I, I got to be honest. Like, I, I remember it being a good song, but I never, it was never really like a, a something that I would sit there and like be like, okay, I'm going to wait until the end of this and I'm going to listen to it. You know, like it just never really, never really felt worth it to me. So I saw them see it play. At, I saw them play it live. And uh, that was a big thing. And it was one of my friend's favorite songs. And this friend is still obsessed with Deftones. Like, he still, like, follows him around and shit like that if he can go see him. Uh, I think it's because somebody from the road crew saw his girlfriend, my friend's girlfriend. We'll, we'll, we'll call him uh, Terry. I saw my friend Terry. They, uh, they saw Terry's girlfriend. And they were like, hey, do you want to come on the bus? And uh, she was like, sure. And uh, he sent her in there with a picture, a pencil drawing that he had made of Chino to give to him that said Damone on it and handed it to him. And then, you know, she ended up leaving the van after meeting the band. And he was like, so fucking cool, man. My girlfriend met the band. And gave them a a pencil drawing that her boyfriend made of them. <laughs> they just find that to be a crazy. That I mean, I get some wild stuff out there. You know, when we're on the road, people. I've been given a shiv. I've been given uh, <laughs> drugs. I've been given smoked salmon. Uh, just. <laughs> People hand me weird shit when we're on the road. So I, I get it, but it's like uh, weird, man. I, I, I probably would have been like to my wife, like, yeah, hey, you probably don't want to go on that bus. Yeah, <laughs> well, of course. That's happening on there. Yeah. And especially to be like, to like, cause you have to think that he's thinking, well, she's going to hand him the photo. So like, that's pretty good. Yeah, the drawing. Well, that's all he thought. Yeah, about. like he yeah. wasn't thinking like, oh, they probably want her to like, to like fuck her. <laughs> I mean, this dude went and saw Jonah Mantragna. <clears throat> oh, nice. On uh, 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 just recently, oh, like two weeks Jonah's ago, he was still doing in town. stuff. Yeah, he he's touring the country. Has ten people showed up at his show. Uh, but he plays a lot of the far stuff. Oh, so cool. I still have to. I wouldn't mind a going. I still have to listen to that album. But uh, water and solutions. Yes, kicks ass, I will. But I, I, the funny, the Jonah Matrango one that always gets me is that he's on Lupe Fiasco's first album, just like randomly. He's great. He's in the do they know that the do they know it's Christmas with Chino and the guy from Wilhaven right. too, Grady from Wilhaven too, and and that's that's a great fucking song. Um, so John. I don't know if you guys are in the watch together. We are. Or if this is going to work, right? We're all in there. We're all in there. So this is uh, normally we, you know, we like to finish off our review by looking at an old news article from the time period uh, and seeing kind of what the ridiculous things being written about the band were. But uh, for those of you who maybe don't know, uh, the Deftones are, are aggressively boring. There's like really like there's a little bit of drama, but very little. And pretty much most of their stories are just like, yeah, we like hung around and like skateboarded a lot and like made the album and it was cool. 
And that's like basically their whole thing. So instead of doing a news article, Brian has a clip here for us from uh, the Deftones live at the Waldrock Festival in Holland in 2001. <laughs> so Brian, do you want to do you want to set this up for us? So uh, this was a thing that came out in in. I think, yeah, in 2001, it says it on the thing, it came out on the PRP, and uh, they had a download link for it, and I listened to the whole thing all the time, because Chino apparently got drunk as hell with Faith No More singer Mike Patton backstage, and uh, got out to the audience, and uh, you're going to hear how he acted. And uh, it, it's wild because, again, John, the, I think the thing that I like about this is that we they are boring dudes. It's like a real their band story is very boring to me. And like, obviously, Cheese Death is like a big tragedy and yeah. it's a big part of the story and stuff. But for a comedy podcast, their story is boring. They were 14 year old kids that formed a band and got famous. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Good for them. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's just like, what do you have? I mean, okay. Like, yeah, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> what I'm being sarcastic. It's like, great. Yeah, cool. But uh, I'll go ahead and get us started right away here. This is the very beginning of the concert. Okay. Okay. Can't wait. <clears throat> it's an American heavy metal. I already love it. Y&T. Yeah. Quiet Rusted Sister. Motley Crew. <laughs> you remember that song? Hey, don't forget. No matter what. So <laughs> that is how they came out on stage. Just listing off a bunch of American metal bands. It's, you know, sometimes it's uh, sometimes that's what you want, you know, and I have seen him this drunk once, too, but he wasn't as funny. He just wore a big giant gold necklace and kept talking about his dookie chain, Hell yeah. as he called it, and uh, saying, very, fuck the police. Very normal. I mean, I, I yeah, love he's a normal guy. I always love when you see clips like this where like the lead singer of a band is drunk and the band is just sort of like passively aggressively playing in the background. Just kind of being like, hey, like, are we going to kind of get this going? Like, what, you know, we're kind of playing a little thing. Like, maybe we should play it for real. I've seen some drunk comics like in my day. You know, I, 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 I did open mics for a while. I would see a lot of comedians that were very hungover and shit like that. And, uh, or very drunk. And it was always like disconcerting to me. Because I don't drink before I go on stage. The only time I ever smoked weed before I went on stage, I fucking choked. So I never did it again. Um, here's here's a little more. Do you really want to know why I wear my pants like this? <laughs> Easy access, baby. <laughs> Easy access. That's why I wear my pants like that. It's for easy access. See if you 
are able to put your weenie inside. Ha ha ha! My brain is wrong. <laughs> Why don't we all snap our fingers like? <laughs> Get loud. I understand you're at a heavy metal concert, but it's okay to collect your thoughts for one minute. <laughs> collect them. Shh. Quiet. Stop talking. Shh. Ouch. That hurt. Ouch. You that hurt. boots on and you're fucking jumping on top of a crowd, kicking people in the face. How good does it feel? <laughs> I ask one thing from everyone, and that is respect. Everybody around you understand that we are here to have a good time and enjoy music, but please look out for one another, okay? You down with that? Yeah, I like Mortis. So, <laughs> and then he just goes into that's in the middle of change i like that <laughs> no that these are all around the first songs like he oh, okay. they, they they only played oh sorry one shove song. it shove it sorry shove it yes was, yeah they only played the the one song on that one and uh it, it 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 gets so i i have to play more because it gets increasingly hostile john excellent believe it or not which by the way how do you feel about this and and that like going to see a band uh and the guy's drunk is like awesome that's an awesome experience to me if if i saw deftones like this i would be fucking amped i was when i saw him really drunk I, I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. How do you feel about seeing like, I think it just depends. I think it's if, if <clears throat> pardon me, if that feels like their normal state, like that's their normal performing state and they perform like that and it's good and entertaining and they know how to do it, then great. But like I saw the national once, well, I've seen them a bunch of times, but one time the lead singer was, was really drunk. It appeared that he drank like two full bottles of wine during the show and he like the band was like clearly pissed off and it like kind of wrecked the show. Like he wasn't really doing anything that bad. Like it wasn't like he was fucking up or whatever, but he just was kind of all over the place. And at one point he like picked up the empty wine bottle and like whipped it at the back of the stage, like over top of the drummer's head Fuck. and like, yeah. And just like went nuts. And so I think like, that was a bit not great because you could see like the guitarists were kind of like looking at him like what the fuck man like you gotta calm down you know so that kind of wrecks it a bit but like if it's sort of you know expected the singer's gonna be drunk we're all having a good time then it yeah then i'm totally fine with it yeah and it's better almost this concert i would have killed to be at this one yeah i mean it sounds incredible this is where i put my weenie i mean can't argue yeah. can't argue with that kind of banter you know this is where i he did the easy access joke four times in a row it's for easy access <laughs> yeah it's what it's like to hang out with a drunk except for the drunk is on stage has a microphone microphone and you probably paid a hundred dollars to see him yeah incredible okay let's see Here's a little let's more. hear some more 
can know right here. If anybody knows anything about what the fuck we do, and you know that there is no formula to any of this shit. <laughs> That guitar is a hundred percent trying to shut him up, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because like, Steph, like, like you can definitely tell that of all the band members, Steph is the least likely to put up with Chino's bullshit. Yeah, like I'm just like the type of guy that's like I, I've never been in a band, so I I just kind of figured I just kind of figured like these guys are probably trying to get them to go like 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 what what is it gonna take to get him to get the fuck off of this? This is like kind of my night I, I guess like a nightmare scenario in that like I think I can make it funny. I think I could figure out how to make it. Like if Brett showed on stage, on stage right? right? See, you're lucky. You're just one dude. You're a stand-up. But let's say when you do Blocked Party Live, Stefan shows up fucking tanked. Like, do you think, <laughs> what, how do you even handle that? You well, know? so what you're saying is Stefan has had one beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, I, well, I think that like, I've been around Stefan when he's drunk and he's just like, so what? Okay. I'll, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit here. What a lot of people probably don't realize because he's one of the funniest people on earth. Uh, Stefan's actually like pretty shy and he's pretty quiet. Like if you're in like a, if you're in like a group setting with Stefan, even if it's like with all of his friends, he doesn't talk that much. Like he'll crack jokes like he does on the podcast or whatever, but he's not, He's not like going to lead a conversation generally. And so when he's drunk, he will. So that's like yeah. really the only difference is like when Stefan's drunk, he's just like, yeah, fucking yeah. Like he's just excited. So I think if we did a live show and Stefan was tanked, as long as he wasn't like, you know, so tanked that he's like falling over in his chair or something. Um, I think it would be fine. Like, I think that I would just, uh, it would be a little bit wild. And yeah. I think part of the dynamic between Stefan and I, that people like is that I often get frustrated with Stefan. So, but it's usually just cause he's like, you know, Oh, what if we came out of our assholes or whatever? And then yeah. I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. You know? So I think like I would just play up that I'm like really mad that he's drunk and people would like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like I, I, I used to do a podcast with a guy who would get shit face hammered every single time and he was really difficult to steer. So it's my nightmare. One of the reasons Brett doesn't get totally tanked before we go on stage is because he knows that he he knows that I'll get freaked out by it. You know, right. That you have this like past experience. It's like a PTSD thing for you almost. Right. right, he worked with the guy too, but it only happened on podcasts. It never happened on stage. Right. So I think Brett just tries to protect me. Here, here's the next clip. Here, I'll be your girlfriend if you want me to. <laughs> I'll be 
your girlfriend. Hey, we can go downtown together. We can go downtown together. <laughs> Huge error on the band there to play a song where it's his responsibility to start the song. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, maybe we should skip that one. That might be a good. Maybe <laughs> a good I one. I would have. Yeah, me too, for sure. That's These really are good. all short. I, 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 I love them. I love them so much. I, I just uh, here's another one. Okay. Okay, so he's he's calling a guy out for not being a tough guy. Yeah. Um, that they so what happened was at this point in the show, they're throwing mud at him. Perfect. And uh, rocks, and he's explaining, you know, he he's explaining that he doesn't care that they're throwing <laughs> mud and rocks at him <laughs> at all, and and it's like super obvious that he doesn't care. Um, that they're throwing rocks by the way that he keeps bringing it up, <laughs> which <laughs> I uh, personally would not like to have rocks thrown at me. Here, here, here's some more drunk Chino Moreno and Waldrock Music Festival. Oh, that's not great. Abe is furious. I've been a drummer a long time. Those are furious notes. Is that, is that, that is, the furious kind that's of like, uh, so drumming? I, I've never really been in that situation in a live. So like I used to play in bands in my early twenties and I was in one band that, you know, we probably played over a hundred shows and uh, it never happened on stage, but that's like a band practice. Like, okay, you guys, like, you, you've talked enough about this guitar part. Like, let's fucking play a song. Come on, let's go. It's that, like, speeding it up, kind of like, it's like, okay, come on. We're, yep, God. good, that's great. Yep, we're getting mud thrown at us. Probably because you keep talking about it. So, <laughs> stop it. I <laughs> And also, Abe just has always seemed like such a sensible, like, no-nonsense guy to me that I can totally see him, like, just losing his shit right here. Yeah, and I'm I'm like uh, I always hated my drummer uh, because <laughs> of that thing where we'd be standing there like trying to when I was in a band for like two minutes. Actually, I mean, if you're a listener to this, you might listen to Street Fight. If you live near Columbus, Ohio, on December 27th, we're doing a live variety show, and there's a good possibility that I'm going to sing "Disarmed" by the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> So I can't wait for that full backing band. It'll be live stream. You'll be able to see it on the internet. Uh, 
but I, I have sang in a band, but the thing that drove me the most nuts was in practice when the drummer went and quit dicking with his drums because it's just like, I can't fucking hear what anybody else is saying yep. if you're sitting there pounding on drums. Yeah, and I just want to play a song, so why don't you shut the fuck up and let's play a song? I never shut up, and I'm the <laughs> singer. What am I supposed to do? Here's here's a little more. Thank you for making me make this music that I made a promise this many. I was this many. That many plus ten. I was this many. Sixteen years old. How many are out there? Are? <laughs> Just like, come on, dude. Yeah. See, I want you to understand something. <laughs> to not care. that it's always in the interludes to the songs yes let go of me let go of me he's he's gonna have more here more shots get taken why are they not just playing the music like I would just play the fucking music because they just don't know what to do. They're like, well, if we start, is Chino going to come with us or what's going on right now? Okay, he did. That was the clip I really wanted you to hear. <laughs> there is one later on where he says, I don't stand up here like some kind of a bitch and sing about how my family treated me wrong because <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> so He was really going through some shit that day. I mean, I, I I can't recommend listening to the whole thing all the way through enough because really, in the early parts of it, it sounds like he's having fun and it's heavy metal and we're all having heavy metal fun. The you nudes. guys are all heavy metal dudes, you know? <laughs> so that's uh, the Deftones drunk at Waldrock. I, I, like, I have a few other stories. Um, I, I once saw them at a place... 
uh, called the Newport. I saw them at the Newport Music Hall. It's about a 3,000 person venue. He crowd surfed to the back of the room and he stood on the bar and sang Say It Ain't So by Weezer. Oh, yeah. They used to cover Say It Ain't So all the time. Yeah, and I thought that was that was like a real powerful moment to me. And then there was another show where there was a balcony there and uh, Engine Number 9. They were playing Engine Number 9, which is a song that if you ever want to make people run through walls, it's Engine Number 9. Yeah, that'll do it. And a, a guy fucking jumped off the balcony into the pit. Oh, my God. Did he live? And it was fucking nuts. I've never seen that at a show. I've thought about it, like not doing it myself, but I've like sometimes like looked up at the balcony when the pit's going crazy and you're like, is someone going to jump off here? That's like, the only time anybody's ever done. That's the only time I've ever seen it, but they had like whipped this crowd into a frenzy. I'm talking about the same show with both of those things. Right. And, uh, yeah, the time I saw him really drunk was when they were opening for Godsmack, which is really fucking funny. They were co-headlining a tour with Godsmack, which is really fucking funny to me that on this on this 2011 2001 show, he's shit talking bands like Corn and Limp Biscuit, where I would much rather be tied to Corn and Limp Biscuit than Godsmack. No, no question about it. Although Godsmack (laughs) is an underrated live show. I saw them open for Metallica and they are pretty good. I saw them too, but I thought they sucked, except for the part where they did the drum circle yeah. and sang the song about voodoo. Yeah, the drum thing is awesome because Sully's also a good drummer. So it was, uh, yeah, that was great. But uh, let's let's get on to our our review of the album. As you guys know, uh, we we review the album by uh, by giving it our our tweet defense. So if someone tweeted at us that around the first sucked. Uh, it's how many tweets we would go uh, defending the album. So, Brian, what is your what is your score? John, I've never had a person tell me that around the first sucks. First of all, I just want to say that out out front. But if somebody did and this number is going to be high, 25, 25. Because, nice. Because nobody's ever said it. It's a universally believed thing that this album is great. And uh I just I wouldn't be able to let it go. I, it would be one of those things where when you say so, I, so earlier today, I said some shit about Rick and Morty. A guy got mad and he yelled at me about not liking Pickle Rick or whatever. And uh, I've been arguing with him in my head the whole entire day So <laughs> in order to get it out. I mean, I will defend the Deftones to the death. You know, and uh, that's a very important one. I have a Deftones, uh, one of those bikes, those hand bikes that you're supposed to do tricks on, you know? Yeah. I have one of those in my basement. I have, I just have so much Deftones stuff, and and uh, I had the famous Deftones Sacto California windbreaker shirt. Oh, classic. I, I, I just have so much of their memorabilia in my basement, and, like, uh, they they were really important to me. And all my friends, my sister's cat name was Chino. And like, uh, it was just like, it was sort of, Deftones were a bond that held a group of friends together for a very long time. So I, I would say 25. Nice. That's, that's great, man. Uh, I love that. I, I would say for me, I got to go, I'll go 15. I don't know if I could go the full 25, but, uh, but I do agree. I, no one has really ever told me Deftones are bad. And if they have, like you said, with Brett, I think there's there's songs the Deftones have that you could show someone that doesn't like them to convince them that 
even if they don't like them, that they're not a bad band. Like I think they get, cause they get lumped in with bands that other people think are like universally like bad bands. I a think bad it's, people think that. Yeah, exactly. I, that other bands are bad. The other bands are bad too. Correct. I agree. But I think that that's where they, some of their reputation comes from. And I think that uh, the Deftones are great and many people should show them love. So I would go 15. Uh, we're going to end off the episode with the challenge and uh, this this time we're so like I said earlier in the show we we realize that the Deftones an uninteresting band uh, we've read oral histories of Limp Bizkit albums of Corn albums they were great we got lots of great nuggets from them this band no such thing you can read articles from the time you can read oral histories from the twenty year anniversary <laughs> of this album it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. They like to party. They built a skate ramp in their studio. They practiced all the time and they also skateboarded and then they wrote the album. So Brian, you and I are tasked with our challenge of coming up with <clears throat> an interesting backstory for something that happened on this album. And it does, it's obviously does not have to be grounded in any sort of reality, uh, but you just, we, you have to make it interesting. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pick a very easy one. Okay. Okay. Uh, mascara. I'm going to... I think I could build... I, I think I could build a, a, a romantic comedy out or, or like a romantic movie out of Mascara that like would have that like Ray Romano kind of vibe that he has now where he walks around and he's kind of bummed out. And uh, like one of those navel gazing older guy going through life f independent movies where like Mascara is about a guy who uh, has this woman who is who who is married to this woman who is like this great person who puts up with all of his dog shit, just like me, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't tour as much as Deftones did, but I've been gone 10 days out of every month for almost the entire year. So I am gone more than like an average person. And, uh, my wife never complains about it. She never gets mad. And, uh, I, I think that's what that song at its core is about. The story is that like, I do all this stuff and you're, you're just this wonderful person who's taking care of, you know, my family and my house and, and all of my shit. And, uh, Sometimes you piss me off because I think that's like what the weak wrist thing is. It, it sounds to me like the way I am with my wife, where it's like I don't really criticize her very much. I don't like to criticize my wife very much. But one of the things I criticize her about is that like she lets her family. I mean, she takes a lot of shit from her family, like her mom and dad and her sisters and stuff. And uh, I, I kind of feel like she shouldn't have to and that she's an adult and she can just tell them to fuck off. That's the weak wrist part but but like in the end uh i still love her and i think she's great and uh there's just something about her there there and the guy would be like you know there's just something about you you know and that's what mascara is about damn i got emotional i'm an emotional guy dude i love that that was awesome mine is way stupider than that uh because okay. so, i was well, I, got, I guess i should have done a joke i'm annoyed now that i didn't do a joke no no this is great so i'll do the joke you do the emotion and it works out just fine uh so my theory uh my interesting backstory is that uh, be quiet and drive uh 
actually refers to a 1996 incident where when they were writing the songs to Around the Fur, uh, Chino was skateboarding on the skateboard ramp they made themselves. And as you know, if you ever skated on a homemade ramp when you were a kid, uh, they are death traps. Uh, so Chino, unfortunately... Uh, injured himself on the ramp. He fell and he uh, he he got punctured by an exposed nail and contracted tetanus. And uh, the be quiet and drive part was where they had to drive Chino to the hospital. But where they were recording, the hospital was far away, and so they couldn't get him. <laughs> they couldn't get him to the hospital in time. So Chino Moreno actually died in 1996. And he was replaced by a doppelganger. It's actually the same conspiracy theory about Avril Lavigne that she died and was replaced with a different girl named Melissa. Uh, same thing. Uh, Chino was replaced by a guy named Carlos and uh, that who is that's who's actually been fronting the band forever. So a lot of people thought Chino cut his dreadlocks. He always had dreadlocks, but he died. The new guy couldn't go with dreadlocks. He had to go with the spiky hair and uh, that's that's it. So it's actually the guy you think is, is Chino Moreno is actually Carlos last, last name withheld um, and has been fronting the Deftones ever since. Man, we really, and, and you know, we really didn't stress enough how, how much women were in love with Chino Moreno. Beautiful man. You know? Just a beautiful guy. And it was, at, it's at Carlos, but yes, it's uh, crazy. No, that it's people, Chino, actually. That- <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all, we're going to start passive aggressively. No, it's Chino. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Cut the shit. Okay. This is not loose change. <laughs> yeah, um, no, so- he's a beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, I think it goes without saying that we would both have sex with him. And uh, so would many others. Uh, so it's also he's he's like Brett to me in a way. There's this thing about him. It's like, and this is just me and Brett, right? But it's also me and Brett when Chapo were on stage and stuff like that. He's like a handsome guy standing by like a bunch of mutants all the time, <laughs> and it's annoying as hell. You know, Chino is a handsome guy surrounded by mutants in his band. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I mean, Abe, I think you could make a case. Not a terrible looking dude. All things considered. But yes, boring. Yes. Chino is certainly uh, a king among princes. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the show. Uh, You can follow John. Yes. Before we stop. Oh, you want to add? I know we've been going long. You want to add something else? I do want to add something. Okay. I, well, I want to put you on the spot here, okay. and then uh, Dan can cut it if you don't want to do it. Okay. You want to figure out what comes next? Uh, on this episode, what album? On this episode, oh, what album we're going to do next? What album we're going to do for December? Uh, you want me to try and figure it out? No, we have a conversation about... <laughs> <laughs> or do you want to just do it in DMs? Oh, no, we can do it on the show. You want to have a conversation about what you want to do next on the show? Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's I do have it. some ideas. Okay. Uh, Deftones Corn Limp Biscuit being out of the way. I think it's time to hit some B and C tier bands. Okay. I think I think people really want to hear that. Okay. And so um, I have two suggestions. And then okay. if you have two suggestions, we'll, we can we can maybe put it up for a vote okay. on the uh, okay. on the on our site right yep on our yeah we can do it on the twitter yep so for me uh my two suggestions are cold chamber yeah the, the first album loco okay 
and um, Spine Shank, Strictly Diesel. Spine Shank. <laughs> yes. That album, you're going to love it. You're going to be like, God damn, why didn't I listen to Spine Shank all the time? Okay. Uh, I will go. I'll give people some options because I think I'm going to give people another A tier option if they want. And that's Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. And I will give people and I will give people another A option in the sense that it was a massive album, but kind of a D option in terms of how good it actually was. Uh, and that is uh, Papa Roach Infest. Okay. So, and, and you know, I'm going to be completely honest here. Neither I've never heard either one of those albums all the way through. Perfect. So I definitely have that, not heard the Papa Roach one all the way through. Lincoln Park, I loved. So I did not. I actually, I you, you know what they did to to piss me off? No cusses. <laughs> they they had that big policy about no cusses, and I was like, oh fuck these guys. Well, that's you and know? that's a cuss. So so there you go. We'll have a tweet up. You can vote. Spine Shank, Cold Chamber, Lincoln Park, or Papa Roach. And uh, well, you can steer where we go in December. Uh, and in January, we're going to launch our Patreon. We're going to do one bonus episode a month. Uh, we'll have some more details for you uh, on that in December. And uh, yeah, like Brian said, they've got a variety show coming up in December too, which is going to be fantastic. You can check out both of our other shows, Street Fight Radio at Street Fight WCRS or WRCS. WCRS. I got it right the but first time. Here, just go to streetfightradio.com. There you go. I'll murder Brian. And hey, uh, uh, is when's this coming out? Is this going to be out by the end of the week? Yep. Uh, Seattle. Yes, we're on. Let, let's just say this: Seattle on Sunday for one hundred percent, definitely sure. If you like the POD cast, you're going to get the POD cast live. Portland. I don't know the fucking date. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the day after. The, the day after that, whatever. Monday, the eleventh. Uh, you're gonna get something. I, I, I can't, I can't figure that out yet. But uh, yeah, we don't know. We got some limited time. But Seattle POD cast is happening. Uh, so yeah, if you're listening to the show and you're in Seattle, come on out. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, you can follow Brian at Murder Brian. You can follow me at Cullen the Comic. You can follow the podcast at the POD underscore cast, and that's cast with a K. K A S T, just like our friends in Corn. Thank you all for tuning in on this ridiculous new metal journey that we're on uh we really appreciate you guys listening and sharing the show with all your friends and uh enjoy listening to deftones because i know everybody's saying after they listen to our show they feel the need to break out the new metal albums we've been talking about so hey this week this month we did something good for you you're gonna get to go back and listen to the, <laughs> the best fucking band that ever was in this genre according to me and not to Brian. They're his number two. Me too. I mean, second best ever, but <laughs> hey, second best is like the same thing, you know? Absolutely. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you back here next month.